This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, and I'm going to say it, we made it, boys. We made it to deer season. Holy shit. It's been a long haul, a long off season. Wow, what an absolute pleasure of a year it's been looking back on the off season just wow it's been um it's been a fast but long year if that makes sense like waiting for hunting season it's been long but everything else has been moving at turbo speed um but as you guys know i'm bringing it back the next seven day series and who can we talk to during this time of the year but jake bush guys we're talking the 27th through the 1st of October here, um, just the guys had huge success over the years during that time of year and killed just gigantic deer. Um, you know, the 27th through the 4th of October is kind of his bread and butter time to slide in there and kill a magnum before anybody's ever really getting started. Um, so that's what we're talking about this, hunting with Jake Bush the next seven days. We go into um, how he's changing his strategy this year with the with the struggles he had last year, kind of his perfect setup in the big woods, some new stuff that he found this year that he's going to try during this time of the year, and uh, just, you know, normal Jake Bush top-tier content. So, guys, like I said, hunting season's here. I really hope you enjoy this season. Go out there, have some fun, kill some big-ass bucks, you know, shoot straight, and and live it up, dude. It's It's here. Deer season is here. It's time to rip. It's time to roll. It's time to get in there and and get it done. And I'm excited if you can't tell. We still got a couple days. I know it's not here. It's the 27th. But, hey, some states are in. But 
that first is coming, man. This Sunday, look out because it's it's. I mean, it, it falls on a weekend too. Can't get no better. But before we get into the episode, let's get into people make this possible. Starting off with Exodus Outdoor Gear. Um, you guys know the camps. You guys know I talk about them all the time. Um, I'm talking about the new micro diameter arrows this week. Um, I'm shooting them. I'm shooting a four vein this year, which is cool. Really like how they're flying. Really flat shooting arrow, and really excited to do see what they do um, on a deer. Hopefully, um, like I said, I already killed one with the the uh, nuisance permit, um, so I already got a deer down this year. Um, but I'm hoping to get a doe down pretty quick. Hoping my kid gets one down with a crossbow real early as well. Um, so hopefully, I have a couple bucks down this first, or a couple does down this first week of October, and maybe a buck. Hell, you never know. I got some being funky right now on the Exodus update. Still got bucks on cam, still doing funky stuff, still daylighting. Um, I got one property, got four cams on the urban piece. Biggest buck I've had in a month is a forked horn, guys. So I got real high hopes for that. <laughs> if you guys are in the market for a new cell cam, some arrows, some apparel, whatever you need from Exodus Outdoor Gear, make sure and use that code WL. Gonna save you some at checkout, help support them. Help support me. Um, you guys have been smashing that code this year. I cannot thank you guys enough. Wow, it's been incredible. Um, and getting into the next person, that is Rec Broadheads, guys. Um, if you're in the market for broadheads this late in the game and you need something quick that you know is going to fly true out of that bow, um, the fixed blade or the mechanical option, check out Rec Broadheads. Use code WLP15, save you 15% at checkout. Let's get into the show. All right, we got Jake Bush on the line, and we're talking September 27th to October 4th. This is your bread and butter time of the year. Um, what is up, man? How's it going? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Doing good. Appreciate you coming on for the next seven days series um, and, you know, pre-recording this episode um, to get out to the people. So September 27th to October 4th, what are the Bucks doing right now? So down in Southern Ohio, uh, the deer are going to be, they're already going to be shifted back on the acorns pretty heavily in a lot of these areas. So soybean fields are going to be dried up for the most part. Corn fields are going to be starting to get cut. Uh, there might be some standing ones. And if you do have a standing one, it could be an absolute gold mine. I've killed behind standing corn fields quite a bit. Uh, but one of my biggest focuses all year is setting my cameras up in anticipation in anticipation of the acorn shift. And that's, you know, that's upon us right now. The whites are going to be dropping good. The reds are going to be start to drop in and we just have to find the right area. Um, I'm going to be going in and basically areas that I have camera inventory of good bucks. I'm just going to hunt my way into those systems and listen for acorns to be dropping and looking for good sign along the way. If it's an area I have a hub scrape, I've killed quite a few deer on hub scrapes that time frame a year. And, you know, they're dropping down and either going to an ag field or they're dropping down going to like a white oak flat on the adjacent ridge. So I'll just make sure my access is perfect. The, uh, the weather conditions really don't matter to me as long as it's raining out. I killed quite a few of them in like 90 plus degrees. My biggest deer was actually 96 degrees. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to catch them coming off their beds down into preferably a hub and then going to some sort of food source. If I can figure that out, if I can put the sign in the right direction, if I can find the specific white oak tree that's dropping, I like to be within range of that and just try to be in the game this time of year. Yeah, it's tough. This is kind of a feast or famine type of the year 
for a lot of guys. Either seasons just went in or it's been in, you know, you know, a couple weeks and they're starting to break those bachelor groups. They're off the ag. They're not going to the ag in daylight anymore for sure in most places. Um, and they're back in those white oak pockets. There's not a lot of sign being laid down, so you really can't hunt a lot of sign this time of year. Um, so it's kind of a a uh, a time that the for me that the trail cameras really shine and those historic spots really really shine. So, like I said, the weather's not a factor at this time of year for you. You've killed. You're like breaking the the norm of what everybody says. Like, don't hunt in October if it's hot. It's not even worth your time, and you're go out there and killing booners. Um, so I love when people say that on the show, you know, if you, if you got the right scenario, you get, you got to hunt now, um, because in my opinion, if you can kill one now, the deer is fresh and the hunter competition is at its lowest right, right now. And is that, that kind of what you see in your area? It absolutely is. And yeah, that, that sign that you're finding is going to be right now sign. Like if you find some rubs, you know, it's within the last couple of weeks, the acorns, if you find the right, like if you're out of the acorns, it's tough. But if you're in the acorns, you're probably going to be in the game. And the thing I always try to do is find a balance between hunter pressure and the conditions I need. So what I ideally like to wait for a cold front day with the uh, perfect wind direction at like a, let's say a eight to 12 mile an hour wind, uh, you know, high pressure system moves in like all these different things. Sure. I would, but I would rather hunt. I would rather be the first person to induce pressure onto that system and the first person to take a stab at that deer as opposed to having the exact conditions I need. So my thought process is the deer is still going to move a little bit. The one thing that will completely stop deer movements pressure in my opinion. And so that's the thing I'm trying to avoid. It's just be the first person in there to hunt that deer. And now you obviously don't want to go in on the completely wrong wind or like terrible conditions, but if you can get by with, you know, less than ideal conditions, but it's still killable. I just like to be the first person in there. I just feel like I catch these deer off guard. It's almost like, like if you watch my videos, they come down off their beds and they just don't even, uh, they don't even think a human is in the woods that time of year. They're just, their heads are up. They're just, you know, looking for food. Sometimes they're walking and they're like feeding on acorns and no care in the world. And then they get shot at 10 yards because they're just, they're not paying attention yet. But as soon as they sense pressure, that all changes. The travel routes get more defined. They start sticking to cover a little bit more. They'll wait a little bit later to come out. You know, you'll have to start playing that condition game. So it's a great time of year to just catch natural movement and a deer just making a mistake that he he really shouldn't be making. Yeah, and you always see, like, this time of year, some people drop just absolute giants, you know, and they're, like I said, some of the deer are still on a pattern, especially if you have one coming to a food plot or, like you said, a white oak flat that hasn't, even smelt a human yet this year their guards kind of down and they can um maybe get up that extra 10 minutes early and that's all you need at this time of year to because you you know where they're going you know there's there's they're not chasing does at this point they're going to food if they're out of bed um so it's a really good time of the year to strike um with the amount of cover that's um that's in the woods at this time of the year i mean everything's still super green there's brows, everything's, um, kind of just like summer conditions. Um, how's your setup? Are you still, are you hunting low? Are you hunting high? Are you going mobile or what's your setup this time of year? That's a great question. And it's, I, I really can't tell you where I'm going to end up because I, I obviously have a mobile setup. I run the, uh, a DS five with latitude carbon SS climbing sticks. I run the method two saddle. So 
basically I run a hybrid setup. I can get to any tree that I need to be in and on the fly, I can determine if I want to hunt the front side in a tree stand setup, or if I want to hunt the backside out of the saddle setup. And I can just make that adjustment. As far as cover goes, the only thing that I really care about is that I like the deer can't see me in the tree until I, an arrow is going through them. And so, you know, if I have to be three feet off the ground, I'll figure out a way to make that work. If that's the best place to have cover. And I feel like he's not going to see me there. If I need to be 25 feet, I can get about 25 feet up with my sticks and my uh, single step eight on there. And I just try to find the best cover I can. I try to, you know, there's a lot of times where I actually hunt trees that are bare. It'll be like a straight tree with no cover on it because the cover around me is thick. Like, let's say that the deer has to walk past a hedgerow and you're in a wide open tree. Well, he can't see your tree until he steps out from that hedgerow. But by that time, he's already dead. So I don't necessarily look for the tree to set up in with the most cover. I look for the the situational cover that's going to be important for that deer not to see me. A lot of times those are two totally separate things. And to be honest with you, I kind of like the trees that have less cover on them because I get more shooting opportunities. I'm a little more mobile out of them if I need to be. So yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's all going to be cover based and I just try to, you know, have the best setup I can. I, I agree 100%. A lot of people say you gotta have, you gotta have, you know, below cover. So, you, you know, you're covering your legs if you're standing up. Uh, time, certain times of the year you need to, and a lot of it's, like you said, it's depending on how pressured your deer are. Um, but I love those sneak attack spots where you can, you can eye the buck from a farther distance, but then he has to walk through a whole bunch of cover where you can kind of get up, get set. And then when he steps out, you know, it's 20 yards right there. And he, the first step he's dead. Um, and that, those scenarios are incredible, incredible. And what I've found is, a lot of times I set up in those and they will be on the inside of that cover that I thought they're going to be on the outside using the cover for the same reason that I was going to use the cover. Um, so those spots are good to hunt in general because they, they're going to use that buffer to their advantage as well to hide them as they move out of the bed um, to wherever they're going to be. So are you, this time of year, are you covering ag fields or all, or are you strictly back in those, on those timber, on those white oaks? So it, it really depends. Like if there's, if I am hunting a spot that has uh, fields that I have access to be able to hunt and the deer is daylighting there, like if I'm throwing an observation sit day before season, or if I'm glassing from the road and he's just popping out in the same spot, my mentality has always been, I just need to be as aggressive as the situation calls for. So, you know, I don't want to go shoot him over his bed if he's coming out to the field edge, because I might be able to sneak a couple more sits out of it. Like I make the field edge sit, well, he smelt me on the field edge, I didn't kill him. Well, now I'll push in a little bit further and maybe I'll go hunt his bed the next time. But if you go straight to the bed, it's kind of one and done in a lot of situations. And not everyone, there's situations where you can get in and out of there. Totally understand that. I have some of those myself, but in general, I would say the majority of the time, the more aggressive you get, the less times you're going to be able to hunt that spot. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wanted to do a segment during these um, that there's like some common mis in misconceptions during this time of year. Um, and you know, heat's the biggest one. You've already talked about that. Um, the next one is mornings. What is your, what's your idea of mornings this time of the year? Are you hunting them or are you not hunting them? So I would, I would hunt them more often if I had, if a, I wasn't as confident in my afternoon setups or B I was a better better morning hunter. And that probably goes hand in hand with hunting and more. Right. But I'm just, 
if the right situation arises like that, uh, like the buck that we talked about earlier where he's crossing the top of this ridge for like 20 yards, he's exposing this little weakness. Well, then I'm up high with my thermals dumping down the ridge and he can't go any further than that one hogs back because it's a steep drop off. So there's a spot there where I can sit in like the corner and watch him as he crosses that ridge. And if I have any sort of southerly wind at all, my thermals are going to dump straight down and out of there and he'll never be able to smell me. So that deer just has a 20 yard weakness in his, in his setup. And it's taken me five years to expose that weakness with that deer. But now that I have it, I could see myself throwing a, a morning set of that deer. Absolutely. And I think it could be really effective. You just have to be really dialed in the mornings, you know, going in blind in the mornings is almost impossible for me because I just get in some bad spots where like, if I don't have a tree picked out or preset, it's difficult because I might get in a spot and get set up and I don't even have a shooting lane to where I want to shoot or there's yeah. limbs on the tree or the, you know, all these external factors. So if I do throw a morning set at it, I want to make sure I have the tree dialed. Like one thing I like to do is I'll go to the base of the tree and kick out like a five foot circle of all the sticks and branches. And I do this in a lot of the trees I want to hunt out of just so I, when I set my gear down, I'm not cracking sticks or when I'm setting my sticks, I'm not like stepping over a bunch of broken branches and cracking a bunch of things. What that, what that does in the morning is I can find that very easy. You know, I'm not putting tacks in trees or tape on trees or anything, but I can find the dirt that's wide open and then I can go to that tree. So then I know I'm in the right spot. So, you know, a couple things like that, but yeah, mornings definitely aren't out of the equation. I don't really do them a whole lot just because I've had pretty good success on the afternoon sits after he's already bedded and I can make the moves that I need to make. Yeah. Mornings are more of a, I uh, think for everybody, a weather-based deal, you know, you get a early cold front during this time frame, you might be able to sneak into that bedding early and get a shot at him. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Um, but for, for normal, for me, mornings are, like you said, they're extremely hard to hunt um, during the rut when the covers are down. But right now, the leaves, the you know, the trees are full of leaves. So if you're going in on a mobile setup, shooting is so hard this time of year. If you don't have that spot, that tree already picked out, um, it's extremely hard to know. Like if you're in the daylight, well, if I get 12 foot, I can shoot. If I get 18 foot, I can't. And then in the in the dark, you're like, you don't want to shine your light everywhere. So you're like, well, I'm just going to get 18 feet. And then the deer passes through your shooting lane that would have been there at 12 feet, but you don't have it. Um, so the next one. A lot of people talk about this early season. I have found zero success with this. Um, what do you think about water this time of year? So I, 
it's it's kind of a tough one for me i haven't i can't say i've ever directly killed a deer because of water but i have had that thought process in my setup before on some of these really hot days and i've killed but I, i can't tell you like the deer was traveling and then he got to like i always try to compound things i'll compound a like in my setup i'm like okay he's bedded on this ridge or on this ridge he's got this white oak that's hot and then he's got well, running water down below. Well, in this other system, he has a white oak, but he doesn't have water. What I typically find myself doing is navigating towards the one that has the compounding features. And one of those features that's compounding for me is water. And I've killed deer in those circumstances. Does he go into the water? I'm not sure. I've never killed one actively drinking water. But, but I've killed a lot of them on food sources nearby to water on those hot days. So... If there there could be something to it, there might not be. I don't have enough information to give a great answer. Yeah, I know. I've killed one over over water, um, but it's just like it's something that I've hunted, especially when I was, you know, that's what like they you hear them say all the time on the hunting channel or whatever, sportsman's channel, oh, you know, hunting this water hole, blah, blah, blah. And uh, people are having success, but then you do it and you're like, I didn't see anything. I didn't see a doe come to this thing and it's 85 degrees because they're not, they might come to it at night, but they're yeah. not. Um Two more, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, are you hunting your best spots right now? Are you hunting your best stands? Are you hunting that, you know, a lot of people say, don't go into your best stands unless it's perfect. Um, are you going to the best spot that you have if, if the things are clicking? Yeah, so if I have the inventory of the deer I need and the food source is hot, I am absolutely throwing my best sit the first time I go in the woods. I'm going to go, like, if, if he's on a food source, whether that's, you know, it, my best sit could be on the edge of a field. My best sit could be over a white oak flat that's two miles deep. It just depends on the situation, but I'm going to give it my best shot. I'm definitely not going to hold back. I'm going to be right over top of the first secondary food source that deer gets to or a community scrape. There's two ways that I killed deer early season. Secondary food source, so like a, a lone feed tree or a browse source on their way to their destination or a community scrape in that first couple days. And I'm going to target that. I've just had so much success doing it. All my biggest deer have came from that strategy and my cameras, you know, I run uh, roughly 90 cameras throughout four States now. And those cameras are telling me the exact same thing. And pretty much everywhere I go where these deer are daylighting on community scrapes and on secondary food sources, early season. And a lot of times it's way early. Like I killed my biggest deer ever at three 30 in the afternoon, October 2nd. Uh, it was 96 degrees out. So I think that, you know, the, th- the takeaway there is there's no, like, yes, there's, there's generalizations that are always going to be somewhat uh, true in deer hunting, but I wouldn't discount any possible situation or scenario working for you. I agree there. You, every, every buck's individual, let alone every hunt. So you kind of got to figure out what you got going on to, to make the moves. And the last one, something I'm interested in, something that's changed for me, like, tr- and from one spectrum to the other in the last five years is what is your scent control early season? It's hot. You're sweating. I mean, it's hard to do anything, but are you, are you going about any scent control at all? Or are you just washing it? So, you know, I, I won't say that I don't care about it at all. The one thing that I try to do is before every time I go out, I always wash my hunting clothes in like a scent free detergent it's not like a hunting brand or anything i'll just like pick something up at walmart um but i try to do that i don't even store them in a tote or anything to be honest with you like i'd normally 
well, I always wash them because I wear like the same uh, merino layers. I always wear layers for like seed ticks and stuff. So uh, I, I typically wash those clothes. I'll throw them on. You know, I'll I'll even spray them with permethrin a lot of times. So they they, they smell terrible, to be honest with you. But um, I I mean I pump gas in my my gear, my boots, and everything, and my setup will sit into my truck throughout the entire year it's down in my basement now like i really probably have the worst scent control regimen besides just washing my clothes but the only thing for me is just those aggressive sits those kind of that kind of uh you know early season that's just trying to just tactically strike and get in and out and kill that deer just surgically remove him and just play in the wind like i'm a big milkweed guy i wind map a lot of my spots i try to just study thermals and all that as much as i can and on top of all that, as I'm going in, I'm just throwing milkweed the whole time and just trying to verify those currents. So just becoming intimate with your wind currents, your thermal currents makes up for a lot of that lack of scent control because, you know, like if I'm going two miles deep and I'm sweating terribly on a 95 degree day, I just don't think there's anything that I can do when I get to the tree. Like I'm soaked. My face is soaked. My hair is soaked. My hat soaked. My gear is just, it's even soaking into my backpack. You know, my boots are just disgusting at that point. So I'm, basically just uh you know disgusting by the time i get to the stand so i just try to play the wind the best i can yeah i'm the same the only thing that i do i add a little bit is i don't know if it helps or not but i always spray it on my boots i and keep my boots separate from any other shoes i don't wear them other than just hunting i feel like where you make contact to the ground that's the biggest impact that these deer have um as long as you have the wind Uh, one thing that i always think is funny is you know, I had this huge scent regimen uh, for for all all season, man. I was into it. Like, I remember listening to Wired to Hunt back in the day, and that was huge. You know, everything in the industry was coming out was scent control related. Big push towards that. And then you got all these guys out there that are doing all the scent control and huge, but they're carrying a stand on their back with some kind of backpack straps or harness, and they are never washing that harness and if you're like me, when you take that harness off your back after carrying that stand in for a mile, it is wet. You know, like it is yeah, drenched 100%. with sweat. And then you run that all year and you know it's holding scent. Like there's no way it's not holding scent. And you ne I'm not gonna take that that, you know, thing off my stand and wash it every time I hunt to be hundred percent scent free. But a lot of people go through all the steps and then they forget the small details like their boots or or the backpack straps, you know, for, for your stand. Um, so my sink control regimen is probably worse than yours at this point. I just don't do anything anymore. It's, it doesn't seem to help. <laughs> yeah, totally understand it, man. All right, man. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on and hopefully gave some insight to some hunters during this time frame of the year. Um, you know, it's so early in the season for most of us. Um, a lot of people, if you don't have bucks on cam yet, if you're not seeing bucks, do not get discouraged, guys. There's so much season left out there for you to start getting these bucks coming in. You know, you a lot of people are running, you know, uh, cameras on scrapes this time of year, and they're not getting a lot of pictures, maybe just trickling in a little bit. Um, but that'll fire up here soon. So hold out. Keep hunting. And like, like Jake said, if you got the situation uh, and you want to be the first strike at a buck, hunt your ass off right now and try to make it happen. But if not, lots of season left to get it done, and I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Anything else you want to end with, Jake? Yeah, just deer season's here. Enjoy it. We only get it for a couple months every year, so I hope you guys are just going out there and having enjoyable experiences, and hopefully you uh, end up laying a buck on the ground. 
And if you're looking for some more content um, around this time frame, make sure and uh, check out Jake's In Session podcast. Um, he's going to be laying down some content for you guys as well. Um, so, all right, man, good out there. Good luck hunting, and we out. Sounds good. Thanks, All right, man. guys. Well, I hope that got you fired up for season. You know that I am. I'm over here ready to rip as we speak, talking with Jake, talking strategy. Um, like always, always tweaking my mind a little bit to think, get me thinking about a new situation, a new area. Um, hope you guys have an incredible year. Um, like always, always try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy. And uh, Whitetail Legacy Podcast is coming in your ear holes next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. And we're hunting the next seven days with someone new. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment want to succeed you want to fish you want to be one of the greatest <laughs> tune in to west marines life on the water presented by costa custom boats every saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m eastern on waypoint tv to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.